organising the space, how to keep the place tidy as between each of the people visiting and what that looks like. So in decluttering world, for just organising your house, to me, they're maintenance steps to keep things sort of in flow rather than it becoming this really big, overwhelming part in your project. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. So welcome to our first episode for 2023. I hope you all had a great break. And to kick off this year, I've got a guest, a special guest in Virginia Wells. Now, Virginia is a professional organiser located in Canberra. And since 2013, she has loved to help people get their homes, offices and lives organised via her business, Well Sorted. I think I said get sorted, seriously. Anyhow, she studied a Bachelor of Science, Psychology, and, and is an accredited member of the Institute of Professional Organisers and the Institute for Challenging Disorganisation. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Anyhow, she enjoys helping people to let go of their stuff so they can live their life more harmoniously. Virginia has created card decks to make decluttering easier for those that don't have the access to a professional organiser. You can learn more about Virginia at, and we'll put the web address in at um, the end of the episode. So welcome, Virginia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are things in Canberra at the moment? Well, it's just gotten cold today, so it's a little, uh, a little bit chilly <laughs> for a summer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been, well, apparently we've had a very cool summer, but I've actually quite liked it because I'm not in love with the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Virginia, just before we kick off um, with the content we planned, what is the challenging, the Institute for Challenging Disorganisation? So it's an um, American-based company because there's not a lot available in Australia other than the Institute of Professional Organisers. Um, and it's an institute that helped train and give information to professional organisers and productivity coaches. And I think that, I mean, the general pub- public can probably join as well, but essentially it's usually uh, professionals uh, wanting to get information on how to help disorganisation. Um, and it's usually within the chronic, you know, in the industry we call it chronic disorganisation where it's lasting for years, decades, um, and, and affecting people's lives sort of day to day. So. And so would you work with people that have issues around hoarding and so on? Yeah, so I have a very small subsection of clients that suffer from hoarding disorder. Um, it is, it is, you know, in the um, DSM-5 manual, so it is a disorder. And, and gen- like one of the markers for uh, hoarding disorder is that usually uh, there can be denial that there is a problem. So a, a lot of people with hoard, like bona fide um, hoarding disorder are, are not necessarily reaching out for help. It's more their family, friends, neighbours that are, you know, observing it and, and asking for some assistance. Okay. So, yeah, that's really interesting because I must admit I have bought hoarders' houses in the past and they have been interesting. But I think that as a rule we underestimate 
the impact that being disorganised or organised has in our lives. And this is a really, really important topic and it, it, it sort of infiltrates just about every area of our life. But today we're really going to focus on renovating because, um, yeah, because that's what we do and talk about the the ways that or the skills and strategies that you can suggest for helping us to manage our renovation projects. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Different angle yeah. to how, where I'm usually talking about it. So it's nice to have a different, um, you know, different conversation. Yeah. So um, when you and I talked um, like a few weeks ago about this topic, you were um, full of lots of ideas about how a renovator can actually manage, I'm going to say her project because most of our renovators are women, in such a way that they do stay on top of it. Do you want to start to talk to that? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a few different things that I believe can help and that would, firstly, you know, I'm assuming once when, you know, when you're running that renovation, you've got various different tradies and different things that you're trying to stay on top of so having um, a good way to to manage all of those tasks and communications uh, would be useful so there's different apps and things that um, that that you can use and you know there's one that I I use that I love and, and can talk about um, if you want to go down that route but I think you could could use the 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 David Allen um, GTD or getting things done system within any of the apps and and to do type uh, things that you might be using already and adapt it um, to to suit. Uh, one of the other aspects I think that could be um, interesting to your members is uh, you know discussing just organize you know organizing the space um, how to keep the keep the place um, tidy as you know between each of the people visiting and what that looks like so in you know in the decluttering world for for just organizing your house you know to me they're maintenance steps um, to to keep things sort of in flow uh, rather than it becoming you know this really big overwhelming um, part in in your project that if you're sort of reviewing it daily or weekly depending on what sort of um, part of the projects you're in uh, that you know that's going to just keep the place in flow for you um, to get the next person in or, or what have yep. you and keep so, that overwhelm down. So, yeah, let's go a bit deeper. We'll go back to the the getting things done thing in a minute. Yep. But so let's go a bit deeper into that. I always put into my scopes that the trades clean up after themselves. Yep. Um, but they never do it to a level that I think is adequate and so what would you like how would how would your way of doing it impact that yeah i guess i'll preface this by i've never done a renovation so i'm just guessing with what i've seen on renovation shows and that type of thing um but i guess the way that i would be approaching it uh just like when you know when we're trying to stay on top of a, a, a tidy home is to um if you're in there daily then reviewing the space to see you know is there things that i need to you know put in the bin are there tools that they've used of ours that you know because i'm assuming most of the time they're coming with all of their own things but on occasion there might be things that they've they've used of yours um, or moved items um, to get you know to get into other areas that type of thing so just basically doing almost a reset to of the space that they've worked in to make sure that it's right for the next 
next lot of trades or, you know, if it's finished, that you're then being able to style it and that type of thing. Yeah. So so generally speaking, what happens is uh, a trade will come in and they will, let's say Tyler's are a great example, and they will, you will have the, the space really nicely clean, tidy, you'll have somewhere for rubbish to go and so on. And they will come in and they'll do their job and you will end up, they'll end, if they're feeling tidy, they will tidy their bits of tile-off cuts, you know, in an area. But generally speaking, you have to do and, go and do a clean-up after that. I guess yeah. the key is to do it daily. Is that what Yeah. Doing? Yeah, because what, what usually happens is that we, we get overwhelmed once it builds up to a, you know, a, a bigger task. And it'll depend person to person uh, where their overwhelm limit is. Um, and for some that will be, you know, may, maybe even um, once or twice a day, you, you know, if, if you can, you're going in and you're doing a quick tidy up and clearing out some of the stuff. For others, it might be, oh, I'm happy to do that weekly because I'm happy to spend a few hours to you know to work through and get all the junk that they've left behind and, and chuck it in the skip bin or whatever so so it's sort of like being being mindful within yourself um, where you might feel uh, that that overwhelm is setting in um, if you're doing it daily you know it's part of that habit you, you know just doing it before you leave um, leave the site each day type of thing yeah and I think also what I've found is that if the contractors see you um, being committed to staying tidy, they will tend to stay tidier as well. So it's sort of it's setting the example to, um, yeah, and to um, make sure that there are <clears throat> bins on site that they can use so that it, yeah, so that it's easy for them to be, uh, to clean up after themselves. From a safety point of view, it's really important that you don't have stuff lying around the floor and yeah. um, because the biggest accident or well, the most frequent accident that happens on renovation sites is trips and falls. Right. And that's from things being left on the floor, you know, rubbish not being cleaned up. And so that's where it's really critically important to keep a tidy site. Mm. And I think it's a it's an important um, point you make there as well as to make it convenient for them because the easier it is for them to you know the bin or the skips right there or you know if they, if it's a, a, um, a bottom floor type of place that they can go out the window or something um, then they're more likely to do it as they go. Um, I guess one other aspect that I talk to my clients about is um, being able to delegate or sort of even train these guys. And if you, I don't know if um, some of some of your members are sort of house flipping and working with people over and over again or if they're just doing yeah. sort of one place. But if, if you're doing that house flipping and you're using the same contractors, you know, if you're able to go in um, and say, hey, you know, I've just noticed you've left this and that around, could you please tidy that up? Um, and then getting them to, you know, get into the habit of doing it at least on your sites because they, if, they're, if they're not doing it at all, um, and finding out what it is that is stopping them from um, from doing it because it might be that accessibility or, you know, or it might be easier to have someone else on board, you know, on that $40 an hour or something to come and do a big clean-up um, once a week or something to, to sort of just fill the skip in if it's just really awkward to get down the stairs and, you know, all yep. of those types of things depending on yep. where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, I think the moral to the story is to stay on top of it. And I yeah. think also it's important to convey why you do that, 
you know, mm. because it is a safety issue and, yeah, so I think that's also... And that the trades definitely appreciate when they've got a clear space to work in. It's no that's fun right. working in a mess. Yeah. 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 So let's jump back to the David Allen process of getting things done. Yeah. So that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where he talks about um, having the next thing that you've got to do. So is that right, where you you look at things like what's the next thing I have to do to progress this project? Yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, I guess the part I'm referring to the so is is I guess how we would recommend managing projects and your to-do list and your task list and it does tie into your emails and that sort of thing but we'll leave the email um, side of it aside for now so um, so when you're working through a project whether it be your renovation or or you know personal things at home or things at work the GTD approach is uh, to sort of break up your to-dos and your tasks in um, particular categories so you've got your your inbox or your you know I'd like to do this right now type of tasks um, and and usually you know he recommends I guess I think it's about two weeks within that inbox is that you're you're focusing uh, your time on uh, so tasks that you would like to have achieved within the next week or two uh, then you've got uh, the next category which would be uh, things that are beyond the two week period and the other one would be someday. So they're things that if you did it, you know, today or in a year's time aren't really going to um, be that big a deal or, or if you, you know, with your, with your renovation, you might have it in the someday because it's, well, we don't need to have figured out the tiles until, you know, this and that's been done. Um, and it's like way down in the project list. And so you might have um, for your someday category, you might have it for six months and beyond or something like that. So just choosing the time frame for yourself. The other category um, that I find is just really vital um, and, and useful for anything, and like I said, you can add this into any to-do app or, uh, you know, if you're right, doing to, uh, lists on paper and that type of thing, any, it'll work anywhere, is just being across that um, the tasks where you're waiting for someone else to get back to you. So with your renovations, if you've called somebody, you know, often we might tick that off our list and say, oh, yeah, I've called such and such. Um, I've left a message and and then we just assume they're going to call us back and it's off our list and we've forgotten about it. But um, with the GTD approach, they um, would recommend that you then have it in this waiting for category um, is what they call it. So I'm waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for time to pass. I'm waiting. What else have I used it for? Uh, I've, I'm waiting for another task. So I can't, you know, it might be, I can't order this until I know if everyone's sort of rolling their eyes at me because I'm not a renovator. You know, I can't buy this tap until I know what basin I have because they're not going to fit or something like that. You know, so I'm waiting for the sink approval before I order the taps. Yeah. But you know that you need to order them. So you put it all in your list, that type of thing. So um, so the waiting for category, I think, is one of the really crucial ones to be able to stay on top of those tasks I just mentioned with the, the basins and things, yeah. but also, you know, um, ticking off the plumber needs to come um, and then and then you can put a due date on it to say, you know, I want to follow up with that plumber if he hasn't called me back in three days. Uh, and that way you're staying on top of the project and go, instead of sort of scrambling going, oh, no, you know, I forgot that guy hasn't gotten back to me yet. So, yeah, that's yeah. a summary of it i think that's uh, so a really something that i do a lot which is a problem 
is that in the beginning of the project, I will map out absolutely everything. I'll even select what I need and then in terms of ordering. And then in my mind, it is done. But yep. in reality, all of a sudden I'll think, oh, my God, I've got the plumber turning up next week and I don't have the toilet on site, you know, because I haven't bought it. And particularly now when we have um, supply issues, mm. you really need to, well, you need to get things on site well in, you know, well ahead. But, yeah, so if you're waiting for then, can, do you put a date on it so that you don't just wait until it turns up but you give it only as much time as it's allowed? Yeah, so the due date part of it would be, well, what at what point do I need to follow this up before it becomes an issue? So, you know, if you know the plumber's booked in, uh, you know, for the 3rd of April, um, and you need the, you know, you need the toilet, but you know that there's these delays or there's potential delays, you might put it out, you know, even a month before the plumber's due to say, has my toilet arrived yet? Um, and so if, it, if the toilet hasn't, so the, the task might be um, order toilet and you've ticked it off as done and it's in waiting for. Yeah. Um, so you might then, and, and you've put that date one month out. So that would be what, the 3rd of February or something, um, April, March, 3rd of March. Um, that that it pops up um, into your your task list um, and and you're looking at that and thinking well okay yes the toilet's arrived so you can either tick it off the list if you haven't already um, or you're following up with the supplier saying hey is it on its way what's the problem um, or finding another toilet at that point if it's not going to work um, and that gives you also the option to then change the plumber plumber date um, if if you know that the toilet's not going to arrive in time. Yeah. The other thing that we need to do um, is follow up on our trade. So we've got a trade due to start on Monday, but I would always follow up the week before to see how they're tracking because, you know, they're running schedules, you know, tight schedules like we are. How would you suggest we um, we manage that process? Because sometimes it'll get to the night before, and I think, oh, I haven't I haven't rung them. I hope to hell they turn up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And and they're the again the types of things that can go into that um, waiting for category. So you know you're putting a due date on when you want to call, um, and so all of those sort of items would pop up um, depending on the, the app that you're using. Uh, you know, it might even be that you're putting this into your your uh, your calendar, your phone calendar, um, if that's how you're managing things to say, hey, I'm going to to follow this person up on this date. So to yeah, to keep on top of anyone that you're needing to call or um, items that you need to purchase and that type of thing or check on, um, deciding well, how is the best way that I can keep a track of that? Am I using an app that's going to you know pop up and 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 come up on those due dates and say, here's my list of phone calls for the day. Uh, or are you, yeah, popping it into your your phone app? Um, I find paper versions become a little bit more complicated because you you physically have to manage it and move things around and rewrite it and, and change dates. And, you know, you might end up with 10 sheets of paper um, with all of the same types of tasks moving around on it, whereas apps and a spreadsheet or something will be a little bit easier to manage because yeah. you can move that, you know, yeah. digitally. So a lot of our um, renovators are managing their programs in smart sheets, which is sort of like a Gantt chart. 
Okay. Do, do um, like you've referred to the Getting Things Done app, does that, would that integrate with your program? Um, yeah, so the so the GTD approach isn't the, the app that I recommend. The app is yeah. called Nirvana HQ, N-I-R-V-A-N-A-H-Q. I think it's just .com. Um, you can do a free version of it. Um, yeah. It has like five projects you can have in there uh, for free. And then if you want to have more projects, so projects would be like a renovation or yeah. like planning a holiday or something like that. Uh, but I personally don't use projects at all. I just use the task list and move. Um, so the folders that I recommended, you know, the inbox, the next, yeah. um, waiting for, and someday they're all set up for you in that app. Um, and then you can just drag and drop your tasks around and, and put in, in due dates and notes and that type of thing. So, um, it's really easy to use in my opinion. You can go nuts with its functionality. There's a lot more within it, but if you just use the basic functions of putting in, typing in the task, like order a basin and, and the due date bit, uh, you know, it'll, it'll still be, um, great for, for what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But you okay. can do this with Trello, um, you know, with, even with smart sheets, I don't know if it has, uh, you know, if it's a bit like a, an Excel spreadsheet type of thing, just have a column for, um, like have a due date section and and then and if you can get it to sort on the dates um yeah. that might help you sort of manage your your calls and things if you're waiting to call someone yeah. back at a particular time yeah okay awesome um now let's get on to our next topic what do i'm saying women but what do homeowners want to make their home more practical and easier to live in. So in terms of, I guess we're talking about storage. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the, some of the features that you think makes a home more livable from a productivity yeah. point of view? Yeah, I love this question because I often um, get comments when I'm walking through homes that are for sale and the real estate agents are always like, shh, stop talking because I'm like, man, this kitchen is completely unusable. Like how could she, there's nowhere to, where's the pantry? You know, all those sorts of things. So um, yeah, there, there is certainly having worked with uh, clients for about 10 years now, um, there, there's certainly typical complaints and storage is definitely one of them. Uh, I guess what I would recommend you'd be thinking about um, when, when renovating and, and making properties, not only for yourself, but, for others if you're selling on to um, somebody else is having uh, cupboards and storage that is able to be uh, changed changed up you know that that the the kitchens and the cupboards have movable shelves um, that you can just adjust th things to suit because every time someone moves into a place you know we we come in with containers and and this type of thing and, and it's like oh that sort of worked in this house but now now I have to go and buy all these different containers to make it work for, for this new space. Um, so having those adjustable shelves makes it a lot easier to, to you know, add in a shelf if you need to or just move it up a few notches to be able to fit in what you want in that space. That's an excellent idea. And always, get, like, if you're, if you're doing it for yourself, uh, like, you know, making something for somebody else is, is a different kettle of fish. But if you're building this space for yourself, the other thing I would add is, be really conscious of what you're going to keep in your house. You know, if you if you can have 
decluttered and know exactly what is staying in your house um, as, as you move into this new renovated place, uh, you'll have a, a lot better idea of what storage solutions to create for yourself as well. So if you know that you, you know, you have this big paper craft collection, uh, you know, that I'm using that as an example because it takes up a lot of space, then you know that you need to build these special cupboards with you know, with racks that would um, hold your paper and, and those types of things um, in a way that is easy for you to access. And, you know, you'd be Pinteresting all the all the different ways that that, um, that space would work well for you so that you can do that craft um, when you move in. Um, but it, it's it's the same for, a, you know, a kitchen or something. If, if you're a big cook, knowing how many gadgets you're going to have and, and are they going to be out on a bench? Are they put away? Are they behind doors? You know, um, just being really clear on what you want in your house and how everybody's using it will give you a better idea of how to create storage solutions that are going to actually make you smile when you move in, you know. It's, yes, that's something that I have taken on, and it may have been since you and I spoke last, taken on with Vengeance. So we are planning and hopefully soon starting a renovation on our own home. And what I have on the kitchen table is an exercise book with, and we have a list in that of everything that we need to find a place for storage. Mm. So things like bulk dog food and mm. like when you, you know, when you get a dog, you find a place to put it. But I figure we're renovating. We've got the opportunity to have like fit for purpose spaces. We also have a robot vacuum cleaner and yeah. I want that to disappear into a wall so we're not stepping over it each day yeah. and I think that that is a really powerful thing to do when you're renovating your own home but when we're looking at projects for others we still need to be thinking about like what most people need most people need a cupboard that fits a vacuum cleaner and long brooms you know yeah. Most people iron, so where's the ironing board going to go? And it needs to be in a, it just can't be anywhere. It's got to be somewhere that's really practical for yes. you. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I think that um, I definitely feel that there is a, um, that it's important that you really flesh those things out as you're planning your reno. Yeah, and for all of my clients out there that have had this issue, I beg you that you always make sure there's a pantry in a kitchen <laughs> because the amount of houses I have worked in where it's like there is no pantry, there is literally no pantry, there's nowhere <laughs> to put food. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, and and having a decent-sized linen cupboard uh, that ideally doesn't have a hot water system sitting in it that takes up all of the space. Um, because they're, they're the two pet peeves that I come across with everyone is that they've got nowhere to put their linen and, you know, and kitchens are made with not enough storage to have a pantry. And butler's pantry, what's your view on that? My personal view, um, well, I guess I, it depends on the person. So butler's pantries to me, um, you know, you've got to be, you've got to have a huge family or you've got to be cooking you know, like a chef to need to house um, all of the different, uh, you know, kitchen appliances and and pots and pans and stuff like that. Most homes don't really need um, that unless unless you've got a bigger family and you're using the pantry um, for for food. You know, like the just for food. Yeah. I find that they sort of work well for some and not for others. 
the corners, you know, butler's pantries often have those awkward corners as well. Uh, so sort of thinking about um, how those spaces would be used uh, most efficiently or effectively uh, so that you can access everything in that space uh, because they, they, they can be quite awkward, I yeah. find. Like they, they look like they're going to be so helpful and useful and then when you actually go to use it, the functionality ends up dropping quite substantially. So that's where, again, I'd be saying, if you're going to be creating a storage place is to think about how that will be used. Is it going to be used with, you know, the Pinterest look of containers all the way along the back shelf or glass jars or something. And that's how those corners are filled and you're seeing side to side. But then, you know, that means that the way that the, um, the shelving, you know, if it's one of those ones where you walk in and the shelving down both sides as well as the back, you know, well, how, how is that working? Is there a gap to, and we can hang up some things so that there's a bit of a, a space. So yeah, just really thinking about how that space is going to be used. And that's much easier to be done when it's your space and how you're going to use it. But if you're creating it for somebody else, then you'll need to, you know, think through like the, the general way people would be using it and what that would look like and how awkward some of those um, spaces would be. I think for us, often the um, butler's pantry is a wow factor because, yep. um, you know, you're right, people look at it and think, wow, but then when they actually go in to use it, to be honest with you, personally, I don't like doors on, you know, in a butler's yep. pantry, I don't like doors on the cupboards because I think it makes it way more useful if you just have open shelves. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Well, something um, with, with sorry, that point, doors, um, you know, it's a, it's a common thing in decluttering and organising spaces is if there's doors or um, lids on stuff, it can, things get thrown around, don't get put away because it's just an extra step to have to do it. So, you know, going into the butler's pantry to put something away, it might be like, oh, I'll just put it here on the bench instead. So, yeah, I agree. You know, if you can keep the door off, I, I know it looks neater and some people just don't want to see into these sorts of rooms or cupboards. Um, but, yeah, efficiency-wise for yourself when you're cooking, who wants to push a door open while you're in the midst of, you know, making something? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Um, I was hoping we'd get onto the tapping today, but I think what we might do is schedule another um, session, if that's okay with you. What I wanted to, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, um, do you have a go-to place for um, containers and do you have favourite containers that you use? This is purely personal, you know, now. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, look, I'm I'm the type of organiser that tries to use what you have around the house first, um, you know, reuse, repurpose, that type of thing. Uh, the types of things that I see work over most people's homes, though, are, um, and, and there's variations of these in all of the shops, but, um, you know, do I say, IKEA does have some great, you know, particular shelving units and things to help um, people organize their bag stations and stuff but you know if your renovators are doing built-in things then then they don't need to know that for the for the kitchens um a lot of their containers uh for the kitchen uh they've got like little white boxes and stuff like that that work quite well are the right they're just sturdy um you can always get them i guess the 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 recommendation I give to everyone who's buying stuff, particularly if you want it to mix and match down the track, is to go to places that 
have been around for, you know, a number of years, if not <laughs> decades, because you know that, you know, like the Tupperwares of the world, if you do a Tupperware pantry layout, you can go and get those containers, you know, in 10 years, 20 years time, because they've been around for, I think, 50 years or whatever. And they, they stack on each other. Same as the the decor and the Sistema in, in the Woolies and the Coles, you know, they're cheap and stuff, but they can, you, you can usually find things that work and will stack and and mix and match um, in your pantries for pantries. And the OXO containers um, are great for people who uh, don't have a lot of um, use in their hands. Um, so that's a, an option um, for, and, they, and they've got a, a vacuum seal, I think, on them. So that's a, a new one that people have been um, commenting on. So, I mean, IKEA is just easy, but the, you know, the big Ws and, and the Kmarts and, and the reject shops and stuff, um, often have a, a decent range but if you can get your hands on them again in you know two years time is is where there's an issue so just thinking yeah. through when you're buying it if you intend to um maybe have to add some extras to it which is usually pantries um yeah to update yeah i really love well i shouldn't say i really love ikea i don't but I, I, we do use ikea a lot because a lot for you know flat packs and so on yeah yeah and a, a, a trick that I love to do is to take a cupboard, like a 600-wide cupboard, like with doors on it, yeah. and put um, uh, put drawers in it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like I've just taken one in the kitchen where I um, it, it was 800-wide and I put, like, five drawers in it. So all the cut, like I had a collection of china, all yep. the cups and sauces uh, are laid out in those drawers and it just makes it way more useful. So, yes, yeah. I completely agree. Um, I do think IKEA is good for that. Actually, we've got one of our audiences said, I'm sorry I can't um, see your name, but I personally love a walk-in pantry. It must be neat and tidy, shallow shelves for easy access, no cupboards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a, a common thing that happens in kitchens is pan pantry shelving can be so deep and then it becomes really quite unusable. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're doing pantries, is thinking about, you know, well, what are we putting in there? How much is a normal amount for, you know, if you're renovating for someone else? What's a normal yeah. amount of stuff that we'd have and how deep does it need to be? Because, yeah, otherwise you just sort of, that's where you end up with the clutter because you can't see what's back there and everything sort of sits in front of it. Yeah. I feel the same about linen presses. I like linen press to be about 400 deep. Yeah. Um, so that you can fit stack a set of sheets on it or a towel on it and not have anything in front or behind it. Mm. And, yeah, so, oh, we've got another comment. A neat and tidy garage and study would be my toughest task, mostly because of my husband's things. Oh, my God, I'm so with you. <laughs> <laughs> got any idea on how to organise husbands? <laughs> well, I always recommend that we start with our own stuff and um, and the easier it is for us to find our things and, and you know, lead by example. But, um, yeah, I have, I have a few different tips on, you know, how to get other people on board, but it does take, a, a, you know, quite a lot of um, talking, conversations, getting an idea of what their vision for the space is and how they want to use it so that you get their buy-in to actually, you know, go along with, with yeah. it. But most of the time I find that um, the wives in the husband and wife scenarios, um, the wives often do all of the work, the decluttering and getting it all organised and the husbands are okay with, with those changes um, if you're asking some questions along the way 
about, you know, can can I get rid of this? Or I was thinking, you know, pare it down to this. And so you're basically project managing all of that side of things. Yeah. I just don't really want to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, do, do you feel that um, drawers are more useful in a kitchen than cupboards? Or... Uh, it depends. I was going, yeah, I didn't know if you had time um, because when you mentioned the drawers in the Ikea cupboard, um, the, the it reminds me of the corner corner cupboards oh, in kitchens yeah. particularly. You know, they're really quite awkward. They've got a few different things that um, seem to be out now um, compared to, you know, 40 years ago where you just got the standard cupboard that everyone hates <laughs> getting into. So drawers definitely work really well in those corner cupboards. I think it, it, it gives you access to everything and, you know, and then you've got levels that you can then stack um, items in instead of when you've got the shelves. You've usually only got two shelves in those um, mm. bottom corner cupboards anyway uh, and it makes it a little bit more awkward to, um, to have things in there even if you had things in tubs to pull them out and get to other areas. So, um, so drawers I think in those sections work really well. Um, if you are using the ones that pull out of the cupboard, you know how you can get the, the ones where you sort of pull and, and the whole sort of system comes out or spins around, those types of ones for corner cupboards. I find those not very helpful if they're the, the spinning around ones because this, I haven't seen it work really well anywhere because things fall off and then you can't spin spin the system anyway so you're sort of having to dig everything out to get to the thing that's fallen off and, and stuff so the ones that have worked well um, that are more the pull out style ones and they've got higher sides to keep things contained uh, so you know it, you could even have pantry items or something in there if you wanted to but they're not able to fall out and sort of stop the mechanism from working so yeah, yeah and Sometimes I find that drawers can be a little bit awkward if they're being used for pantry items because then you're sort of labelling things on the top and it's not as easy to, you know, when you've got, if you're using packets instead of containers to store food, uh, you're sort of having to pull everything out to look at it. Uh, whereas if it's on a shelf, it's easier to to group and or have baskets um, with labels on the front that you can read, whereas, you know, it's pretty hard to store baskets in a in a drawer facing in a, in a fashion that you'd be able to read it um, very well. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it depends on the, on the items, really. Awesome. Well, um, oh, and there's a comment here. I saw a great storage hack I'm definitely going to do. Trace your drawer space out with baking paper, take it to the store, came out or wherever, and fit the storage containers onto the cutout. Then you'll know the configuration will fit. That's Perfect. a very good idea. I don't think I yeah. have that much patience to do it, but I like yeah. the commitment. Yeah, or, you know, um, but just, uh, yeah, I always recommend measuring, and I think we talked about this when we when we first um, spoke, Bernadette, uh, is to measure, measure, measure before purchasing your storage solutions because the amount of times that I, I do it myself as well and I'm like, oh, I'm just not following my own advice here, um, you know, and curse myself because you end up with a storage solution that just doesn't work, it doesn't fit in the drawer, it doesn't fit in the cupboard, um, and then you're having to bring those back. Uh, and, and exchange them or they sit around because you couldn't be bothered bringing them back. So, yeah, yeah. But well, that's a great way with multiple containers is doing that baking paper tracing. Yeah. Well, I must admit I bought, I'm very precious about my spice drawer and I every Christmas I make it over and I, I decided to buy these, you know, there's sort of a tray that has little slots to make the, the bottle stand up a bit. Yeah. Yep. And I measured it up. And then I ordered it on Amazon and it came and it didn't fit. Now I oh. thought, 
how does that work? Like I did, I measured it twice, but still didn't fit. So who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I guess they could have got their measurements wrong, right? I don't think so. I think it was <laughs> me. But anyhow, there you go. Um, so just before we go, now you have card decks to help people stay organised. What are they about? Yeah, so I've got um, some decluttering card decks that I created because uh, I had a lot of clients who were saying, I really don't know where to get started. I'm not sure what to do, that type of thing, um, and just not feeling like I had the motivation to to do it. So I tried to make it a little bit fun and you sort of shuffle the deck and, uh, and you can just choose something at random. And so, you know, it'll pop up and it might say, organize your sock drawer and so and then it will give you a few little tips on how you might uh, tackle that based on the types of things that have come up as issues for my clients in the past and maybe some little tips or something on how to to do that um, or you might think well I want to declutter my kitchen and so you can pull out all the cards that are related to the kitchen and then you know work through it in in that fashion so uh, it's a sort of fun quick little way to choose something when you're like I don't know what to do <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So what we'll do is we will put the uh, link to your site in the show notes. So if anyone yep. wants to come across and check it out, that's where to go. And also we will reschedule another one to talk about tapping because I am intrigued as to how that's going to impact our, well, our renovating, but also our lives. So Thanks yeah. for taking the time, Virginia. It's been a useful and very practical session and we really appreciate you sharing your skills with us. No trouble. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, listen, thanks, everyone. Um, that's it for today. So see you here, same time, same place, and have a great week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.